1: So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, my friends, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Hope you guys are doing great. It is New Year's Eve, and you know, I shouldn't timestamp the podcast, but it doesn't matter because this is a special day. This is the very end of the year 2018, and even if you're listening to this uh, in 2019 or 2020, it doesn't matter. The principle of what we're going to talk about today is awesome, and it has to do with reflecting over the last year, the things you've accomplished, the things you're disappointed in, and kind of mixing it all together and trying to figure out what you can learn from it going forward. It's really important to self-reflect, to create some space for yourself, and to just think about what happened rather than just running 100 miles an hour (laughs) forward. It's okay to pause and look back, take some notes to yourself, and make some adjustments. I also am excited because my friend Michael Dalkey is going to hang out with me as we talk about this. What's up, Michael Dahlke? What up? Yeah, so 2018 is done. And if you don't know Michael, by the way, he's been on uh, the show several times. Uh, he's a good personal friend of mine. He's actually a business partner with me now because he's helped me insanely with my company, Send Jim. Uh But we've been friends for a long time. He has multiple companies. He has equity in 16 companies, I think, maybe something like that. He's built a multimillion-dollar home service company himself that operates in multiple states. All-around good guy, family guy, but really wicked smart and nerdy with numbers and finance and things like that. Is, is that a good recap, Mike?
0: <laughs> that sounds close enough to me. Uh, just a good, just a fun blue collar guy who got lucky
1: a bunch of times. (laughs) I don't know about that. Let's talk about that. 2018 someone's year is ending. Uh, did they just have luck if they did good? Was it bad luck if they did bad? What are your thoughts?
0: I think it's a little of everything. I, you, you probably have said it a hundred times that luck comes most to those who are ready for it and who are working really, really hard. And when I think about the people who uh, got really, really lucky, you kind of create your own luck when you're out there and you're hustling and you're doing things. But the people that can really look back and say, I got really lucky are the people who capitalized on that luck. They were working really hard. And then that thing happened. And then they didn't just let that thing go by. I know you've got an exciting announcement that's coming. And it's not because you were lucky it's because you were working really, really hard And then you have this thing that happened and you're capitalizing on the thing. So I think that that's really my opinion of the luck conversation is you got to, you got to work really hard to get lucky. And then you got to capitalize when the thing does come and you can take advantage
1: of it. That's good. That's some juicy gold nuggety stuff right there. And yes, by the way, I forgot to say that in the beginning, I do have an announcement at the end of our conversation of something really cool that I'm working on this winter. And I want to invite you guys to help me with it. Like literally you listening right now. Um, I'm going to tell you about it in a second. It's it's this new software thing that I'm going to develop this winter, and I need some feedback from other business owners like you. It's going to be super, super cool. I'm excited about that. Um, I I was thinking about a word when you were talking about luck, Mike, and uh, it's this phrase that I came up with. Uh, I was doing this coaching call a couple weeks ago, and this phrase, I probably didn't invent it, but I've never heard it, and it's decision velocity, and it sounds really cool. Like I love the phrase decision velocity, but is and give me your feedback. But I've worked with a gajillion small business owners and one of the things I notice about high achievers in general versus people that are stuck or struggling is the, the speed at which they make decisions. Not perfect decisions, lots of those decisions could be bad, but they just make decisions, they get things done, they, they move to the next thing, move to the next thing, move to the next thing, pivot, tweak, fix it, move to the next thing. Uh, and so there's like this inertia, this momentum you can create just in decision-making. Have you seen that to be true or am I just saying crazy stuff? What do you think? Oh, I think
0: that's brilliant. I love the concept, I love the word, and I think it's so true at the end of my time as CEO of Blue Skies, as we were building that, that was what it was all about. My job was professional decision maker. People would just come to me and I had to make a decision. That's all I did all day long. And I think as you describe it, as people make decisions faster and quicker and they understand the principles that go behind their decisions, uh, decision velocity is extremely huge. And looking forward to 2020 or 19. I think that's really important that people are thinking about, not only coming up with how fast they can make decisions, but also the principles that they make decisions based off of. I think it's really huge.
1: Oh, let's talk about that. Let's just go right there. That's great. So making decisions is important, not focusing on perfect decisions, which is an illusion doesn't exist in the first place, just making decisions and not being paralyzed. But what are these principles you're talking about? Things like, uh, I don't know, like your mission statement for your company or your why or... I'm kind of hitting you on the spot there, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, I will share some of the secret thoughts from Blue guys, and Dan Plow will probably kick me in the butt later. Uh, but we do share it with a lot of people, and that's one of our key things. Is we want to, we, at a certain point, we said you got to stop letting your employees delegate your thinking to you, the entrepreneur, and you have to teach them how to think. And if you don't have some kind of principle that says, here's how to think about this situation, there's a lot of situations that are going to happen over and over again. You see it at same Jim, you saw at birds beware, you see it with the people that you coach. There's another one of those scenarios that comes up. And they come to you and you go, well, I know how to handle that because I've had 54 of those situations happen just like this. And if you can come up with some principles to help make the decision, it's going to be huge for you. So one of the things we said at Boost Guys was, Our employees can make any decision they want in the field as long as the decision hits three criteria. One, the first was, what's the best thing we could possibly do for our customer? So in the scenario, what's the best thing we could possibly do for our customer? Can we do it without hurting anyone else on the team? That's the second thing. And then the third was, can we do it and remain cash flow positive? So best thing for the customer might be good to give 100% discount. That's not really going to help us out. That's not cash flow positive. So if it's <laughs> if at the end of the day and it's three thirty and you're about to go home, but someone on the other side of the you know city needs help, and they're going to be working until seven o'clock and to the customer's dinner, you can go look at that situation. And go well if you it like for the customer. If we got that job before seven done before seven o'clock tonight, it wouldn't hurt anyone on the team if I drove over there and helped this guy out. And I can do it cash flow positive because it's only going to cost three bucks in gas. I'm going to make that decision in the field and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask my boss or my CEO or my manager because that's just a waste of the time. I can make that decision because I know the principles behind it.
1: I think just the whole conversation about principles is huge. You know, I, For me last year, my phrase I was going to use for 2018, like the year that we're ending right now was discipline equals freedom. And I don't know if that was a Jocko quote or it's from somewhere, but that really resonated with me this time last year. And so I kept telling myself, that's it. I'm getting fit, man. I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to start fighting again. I'm going to do MMA. I'm going to do something. I'm going to build a multi-bajillion dollar business. I wanted to do $10 million with Jim, and I was all motivated. And <laughs> well, not those things didn't happen, you know, like... I don't know. So it's like I made this decision that that was my goal, but then it kind of didn't happen. And we're about to start all these New Year's resolutions for people. And I think part of it, I don't even know. Like when I analyze my whole year, it's crazy. Like really good stuff happened. Our company grew. We had massive adversity, overcame it. You know, I've, I've made a lot of money this year. I've done really cool things with um, other companies. I've done a lot of cool stuff, but I didn't, it didn't turn out like I thought it would. So I don't know if it's just sexy and fun to do goal setting or or if goal setting is bad or I did it wrong or what. I mean, I just know a lot of people are about to make plans for 2019. They're going to get dopamined up in their brain, excited for those plans, and a huge percentage of them aren't going to do it or it's not going to happen. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah.
0: Well, let, here's the way I would look at it. I do a little different, and it's an exercise I did with a coach. Way back when, before I was involved in uh, home services business, I was in finance, um, and I'll just think about it from San Jim's perspective. So when you think, Josh, about that that your plans, and you think about being ripped and jacked, and you think about ten million at San Jim, and you think about all those, and you compare where you're at today as far as being
1: ripped, jacked, and ten million in San Jim,
0: <laughs> and that that ideal, right? How does it make you feel that you didn't get there?
1: It makes me like ashamed of myself
0: okay and does that really help you in business feeling ashamed of yourself like no that doesn't actually help you right it doesn't help me at all it's terrible but if you think about where you were in life the spot you were at the end of 2017 and all the things that you created that didn't exist like can you just think about it i can name off and i don't even know your situation but i can think about like Okay, you had 60 business owners over to your house and the amazing growth that that had. You are partnering with Brandon on the Conquer Program. You've uh, done all these things with your family. You've hosted live events. You've done all these things. When you think about all of the stuff you did that made an impact in people's life in 2018 that didn't exist or you didn't do in 2017, how does that make you feel?
1: Oh, there's so much. So much growth, so much impact. It's like crazy. I can't even... It's it's crazy. It really is. It makes me feel amazing.
0: You've changed unbelievable amounts of lives, and I've seen it as we've done business together with Sam Jim. All the people that you personally interact with and you've changed their lives and that have met you and been introduced to your podcast and all those things. But when you compare it to this ideal of this major thing that you were hoping to do that you didn't, it makes you feel ashamed. So you have nothing to be ashamed of. And that's the process that probably six or seven years ago I was introduced to it's really fun to come up with big goals neurologically because you don't actually have to do anything, right? You don't have to, if I think about doing $40 million, I don't have to do anything. I can just think about it. (laughs) That's true, man. Wow. Yeah. I can just think about it. It's awesome. I'll think about it all day long and then I'll like, okay, now it's time to do something. And my brain's like, well, fight or flight, I'd rather just sit and watch the hockey game than actually get up and make the 20 cold calls I have to make. or whatever I have to do. So when you think about all of the impacts you made, it's all been on doing stuff. You've taken action. You've had that decision philosophy. You've done all that. But if you compare it to the ideal, like this amazing, cool thing, that's important to have. But when you look back and you're thinking about your year, I'd encourage all of your listeners to think about the gains they've made, not the gap between where they had. Dan Sullivan talks about that. Think about the gains you've made not the gap between where you are and what the ideal is. Because if you hit 10 million, you know what you're going to do,
1: Josh. I'm you know going to move they? the bar, well, baby.
0: 30 million. 30 million, <laughs> baby. Then you're going to feel bad because you're not at 30 million. I know. So just feel really proud I've of learned a lot
1: of humble lessons this year. Uh, like, mega. Mega humble. Le- like, I had some just... Crazy stuff happened, and not everybody that listens to this knows every you know detail, and that's okay. But I just made some bad decisions with the way that I was running my software company, and nothing that was like uh, negligent or something. It was just I didn't understand certain things, and I feel like I have like such a different understanding at the end of the year than I did at the beginning of the year in terms of. Really, even setting that goal. Like, that goal didn't make logical sense based on a lot of things. Not just the fact that it's, you know, 10Xing a company, but really just what's required to have in place in leadership and management team that's different than anything I've had before. So, I've had my service company that was successful and all that, but I haven't built a $10 million company and I didn't understand the importance of having people around me with high level expertise. Not just employees. I'm not talking about I need to hire more employees. I'm talking about um, everything was on my shoulders. Like, on me, I drove all the results, drove in all the sales, did all the marketing, did all the stuff. And there's, like, limits and thresholds on that stuff. And so I was, once we get up, like, we'll do about $2 million this year, I'm hitting my head against the ceiling. Like, but that's why. And it's like, for, <laughs> for someone that's already achieved the $10 million or the $30 million thing, they would have looked at my situation and been like, well, yeah, duh, of course. Like, that's not going to work. Like, you, that can't be your goal. Do you, you don't have a finance guy. You don't have the legal stuff. You don't have all kinds of stuff. You know, and I, I don't know why I didn't really see that. But I think with all of us, we get numb to our own situation. I mean, when we started working together in the summer, you got to be able to attest to the fact that I was in the weeds. I was stressed out. I was freaking out. Um, what What were you thinking when I came to you? Like, Mike, this is messed up. What am I doing wrong? Help me. Help me, Mike. What were your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you real clearly. My thought was you needed vacation. You were working so hard. And you're so emotionally invested in everyone that listens to your podcast and every SendGym user, and you want everyone to have a gazillion dollar business and everyone, you're just such a good human being and you wanted what's best for everyone so badly, you're carrying the whole burden on yourself. So then you remember the first step was like, Josh needs some, some vacation and Ashley needs to steal his phone. And your sister was like getting involved and like getting you a break because you were So mechanical, you weren't creative in doing the things that you do best. And then the second thing was, we just need you to focus on what you do better than anyone else in the world and start building a team around you that utilizes your entrepreneurial talents and then fills in the gaps behind you, you know, finance, legal, all those things that you said. Uh, And it's really, really been a testament to you and the leader you are that you've been able to do a lot of those things and you've been able to completely turn the business in a different direction and start building that team in as short a time as five months. It's been pretty impressive.
1: Well thanks to you for your help with that. And is it Dan Sullivan that also talks about uh, ask who, not how, right? Yeah. Like, and this yeah. is really relevant to all the listeners because when you have a challenge in your business or you want to grow or you want to double or triple your business, what we tend to do is we try to say, well, how do I do that? How do I learn SEO? How do I figure out how to fix all the designs of my truck wrap and how do I hire the perfect person? How do I do this? How do I do that? But all of the the most successful people on the planet, they don't even deal with how at all. They only deal with who, who does this? Who's a star for that? Who can I delegate this to? It's a really a fundamental way in looking at everything. And if we were talking a year ago, I would have agreed. I would have said this then, but I didn't understand it as deep as I feel like I do right now. Did that even make sense? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is the number one
0: thing that I've learned this year. So I've learned a lot of lessons too. And I'm super uh, thankful for going through a lot of the stuff I went through. And I put a lot of people through hell, transitioning uh, blue skies to new ownership and things like that and letting my baby go to somebody else. And uh, the number one thing that I've learned was that same concept, the who, not how. Instead of saying, how do I build a website? I said, who could build the best website in the world for me? Or how do I, you know, learn about software or who knows about software that I could pick the brain? Why don't I stay laser laser focused on the things that are my unique ninja skills and then just find people who have other unique ninja skills? I never want to learn, you know, uh, how to be a click funnel guy or how to have a podcast or all of those things. I bet everyone that listens to you has thought, man, I can have a podcast someday But really, is that your unique ninja skill? That's the biggest learning I've had in 2018 for sure, is that if you take peanut butter and you mix it with jelly and you make a sandwich, it's a lot better than just eating peanut butter or just eating jelly.
1: (laughs) That's good, man. That's good. Uh, I'm so excited for next year. I hope everybody listening to this can not feel shame if you didn't hit your goal, but can focus on the growth, not the gaps. Like Mike said, that's freaking awesome. Focus on the growth, not the gaps. It's so good. Um, for me, for 2019 though, I am starting to get the dopamine going, fantasizing about all the magical stuff that's going to happen. The things I'm going to be able to do with my family. I'm starting a company with my wife this year. Uh, we're in the inner circle together. Like it's going to be just be weird. I'm taking my whole family to an event in Nashville. We're gonna. I'm just going to do cool stuff. I'm going to take my son Maverick to Las Vegas at a speaking engagement I'm going to. Like I'm. My focus this year is to. Um, provide more protection and support through systems and planning to free up some more time so I can be with my family more, which is everything I'm about, right? So I'm the family systems guy. But this year did get away from me in a lot of ways because I was so focused on this huge outcome. Um, So my plan is to still have a huge outcome, but be more aware of it. What what are your plans for 2019? What are you looking forward to, Mike? Yeah, uh,
0: lots of exciting stuff. So i I've shared this a lot with a a few people, but I'll share it with, I guess, the world. Now, my uh, objective, my strategic objective for moving forward is to continuously increase my income from my labor by 10% every quarter without working more, and then have my passive income completely cover my lifestyle. So I don't have a... My wife and I are very frugal people. We enjoy very low-key things. We have some things we like to do for fun but we don't have a large lifestyle we always want our passive income to cover that which allows me to take risk with labor and our and our resources to invest in other businesses and to help other entrepreneurs and things like that so i'm excited about continuing on that process continuing to find new ways to take risks with the things i'm doing from a labor perspective and our free and our resources that we don't have tied up in savings or other things And then also continuing to find new ways to grow the businesses that we have invested in so that we can have passive income cover our lifestyle. That's my objective. That's the thing I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about $40 million or 25 investments. I'm thinking about how do I keep my family secure with my passive income? And then how can I take more risk? Because I'm an entrepreneur and I can't help myself with all (laughs) the stuff that's not keeping my family secure. So that's what I'm most excited about. What are you most excited about?
1: Well, one of the things I'm most excited about is uh, a little project I'm launching called Automate Motivate, and it's another software app. You already know this. I'm, like, I'm telling people the, the exciting announcement, but um, for approximately a year, I've had this idea in my pocket. I've been nurturing it, petting it, poking it, snuggling it, thinking about it, You know, sketching ideas out around it, talking to business owners, getting ideas, and what I've been trying to figure out is you know, how can I build something? How can I do some value creation around the pain point of employee issues? Um, I am so excited to explain right now to everybody listening to this kind of what this is going to be, why you should care about it, how you could even be involved in helping me create this and bring it to life. But here's the deal. Um, I survey, you know, our email list is 13 or 14,000 people, I think now. Uh, I haven't done a survey in a while, but every time I've ever done one, I ask people, what's the number one pain point that you have in your small business? And the answer is always the same. It's it's overwhelmingly employee issues. And that, that could be recruiting and hiring, finding good people, but it's also retention and engagement and having rock stars that do the right thing when no one's looking. It's just always something to do with employees or training or leadership development or understanding how to pay them. Like That is the biggest stress. The second stress point is financial uncertainty, but it comes in a distant second to employee issues. And so I'm like, what could I build? How could I create something to get into that space? Because it's solving a real problem. It's a very painful problem. It's a very logical place for me to be thinking and automate motivate is, is the app I came up with uh, to kind of address this issue. So check this out. What it is, it's going to be a mobile app for all of your employees and a web app for you. So a web app just means you you as the owner will log in on our website and set some stuff up. And then your employees will all download this mobile app. And they get points. This is a gamification app. And it's so timely and relevant with the type of culture we have, with millennials, with the video game culture, with just the way that young people are, especially with labor jobs that are boring or they perceive it as boring. <laughs> (laughs) And what they do is they get points for doing stuff that they're already doing. So they clock in, they click a button, and the app is going to ding at them and be like, "Woohoo! way to go, man, you're on time, you're awesome, and it gives them 100 points. And then they get to their first job, and they make an upsell, or they get a review, or they get the customer to give them a referral, right? Or they clean out their truck at the end of the day, or they fill out their paperwork and turn it in, which they're already supposed to be doing as they do these things. They just touch, touch one touch on a button, boom, and it goes doo doo bing, two hundred fifty points, way to go, and it cheers like, ah, ah, way to go. Why is that powerful? Because <laughs> it sounds like a little cheesy. No, 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 no. This is like magical unicorn nitroglycerin fairy dust for your your team, and it doesn't matter if you have one or two or three employees or if you have fifty. This is a big deal. Uh, but that's the core of what it does. It gamifies stuff. Then in the app, they can redeem those points for real stuff for rewards. You can give them a gift card. You could give them an extra paid day off. You could give them whatever you want. You can also set it up so that your employees get points for achieving personal tasks or personal goals. So if your employee has student loan debt and they're stressed out and want to pay it off, or your employee's goal is to rebuild their credit to get it to a 700 credit score, or your employee's goal is to buy their first house or to save $5,000 or to pay off their car, as they progressively do that, they touch the button. Boom. I paid off another thousand on my car. You get 300 points. All of that will be included in there, plus a bunch of other stuff. You'll be able to put training videos in the app. So your employees that are new, they watch these training videos, take a short quiz, and they get 1,000 points. biddle bing right? It's insane. Like, I'm freaking out. I've been waiting a long time to try to move on this project, and the timing wasn't right, and I just couldn't do it. Um, I know you're excited about it too, Mike, but tell us from your perspective your thoughts on the whole project. And you've been hearing me talk about it privately to you and being – obsessed with it for so long, but I had to focus on the task at hand. I didn't want to get distracted with another project. Um, what do you think?
0: Yeah. So, uh, the thing that probably resonates most with me is that when we were looking at Dan Plata, who uh, has been on the show and is a super financial nerd, he calculated that the cost for blue skies to hire an employee and get them to, uh, through training, and through their first, I believe it was three months, is $2,500. Uh, so that's the cost of uh, the employees that don't make it, because some of them don't make it, right? And the lost capacity you have when you don't have a guy on the truck, and you can't go out there and you can't do more. And then the cost of the recruiting and the cost of your time for dealing with it and all of that. He calculated this whole big formula. And most of it is that you don't have the guy on the truck or in the van or uh, cleaning the carpet or whatever you have to doing that you lose every time you lose an employee. It's $2,500. When you started talking about this, what I what I immediately went to is, oh my gosh, if this thing could help us keep just one more pe- person a year in a company that has almost 100 employees, like we're going to crush it. Even if I was back to my team, and my my most fun time of these guys is when we had like six guys and we were all on the truck, like three trucks, and we had to work till morning till night because it was like, everything depended on that next day and that next job. I would have loved to know what Gabe was doing or I would have loved to know what Ian was doing and say, Ian, dude, you just get that big upsell. Great. Let me come help you. That's just the excitingness of gamifying the whole thing and knowing what the other team is doing. It gets me so excited. And from a business owner standpoint, like I didn't have the resources to build an app like you did, but man, what an awesome thing to be able to, Decrease that from $2,500. Just one employee,
1: $2,500. Well, and, and that sounds like a conservative estimate, really. I mean, that that's very believable. Brandon Vaughn was, I don't know where he got his number, but he was saying that in the service industry, the average is like $5,600 or something. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, Whatever it is, it's logical that when you have a highly engaged team and you're you're rewarding the behaviors that you want to see out of your employees and you make it fun, that that's a really good thing. Like, this isn't some crazy <laughs> abstract thought. And I did a lot of research, you know, in planning and prepping for this and thinking it through. And, you know, one of the, there's a couple statistics that are really, really interesting. Number one is that 79% of people that quit a job say that they quit because of a perception of a lack of appreciation. They perceive that there's a lack of appreciation to them from their employer. I thought that was really interesting because I don't think that 79% of business owners actually don't appreciate their employees But 79% of employees don't think that they're appreciated, right? This solves that entirely. Another cool stat that deals with millennials is that 64% of millennials would prefer to have a $40,000 a year job um, that they love over a $100,000 a year job that they perceive as boring. Now, I didn't say over a $100,000 job that they hate. It's if it's boring. Like, boredom is the thing. If you think about anybody really under 35 years old, especially people maybe 18 to 30, uh, boredom is like the biggest fear of these people. Like, they have to have a screen in front of their face. They have to be getting the dopamine, the dings, the whatever. You have to keep them engaged. And when they are engaged, they'll stick around for a really long time. It's crazy how the mind works, but uh, it it's powerful. So anyway, so we're going to build this thing. Uh, I'm going to oversee the project. We're going to get it built this winter. And what I'm doing, if you go to AutomateMotivate.com, is because of my experience with SendGem and all the companies I've had, I've learned some lessons, and one of the lessons is that when I collaborate with real business owners as I create something, like I did with the Sales and Marketing Super Course, when that first came out, I actually had a hundred small businesses participate in the creation of that course, asking questions, going through it every week for three months with me building that. Uh, that's what I want to do with this. So I put together like a private Facebook group and I'm gonna take a hundred business owners that you know need this, that want this, that are freaking out right now as I'm talking like, oh my God, if you go to AutomateMotivate.com, You can sign up for Automate Motivate for $49 a month. Okay, That'll be your price forever. It's gonna be more than double that when we release it in the spring. It'll be worth it, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, So you get a lifetime discount. But more importantly, what I'm trying to do is get people that are really serious about this concept and passionate about it, like I am, to help me. So as I get screenshots and wireframes, as I'm working with developers and we're deciding, do we do this feature or do we wait? What, Which one would you rather have first? Would you rather have this one or this one? I'm going to be collaborating in this group with these hundred business owners to really shape the entire application so that the day that it launches, we have people that have already used it and beta tested it and like used it in their business. So you'll get early access to it. You get to test it. You get to provide feedback, collaboration. Plus, As a sexy little cute bonus we're going to put your name or your company's name like in the credits for the app so i'm going to have like a button that says you know app credits and it's going to say hey bob smith from a plus you know carpet cleaning participated in the creation of this like he was a contributor right which i think is really fun it makes it more of a group collaboration uh it'll make it a lot more fun (laughs) than just me dealing with developers by myself guessing on things uh but there's only a hundred and almost half of them are already gone because i made a facebook post (laughs) before recording this podcast (laughs) so if that's interesting to you it's super inexpensive it's 49 bucks do it, get in the private group, hang out with me this winter, and help me shape this app, Automate Motivate. It's a totally separate application than Send Jim, uh, but it's very, very needed, and it solves a, a pain point that my entire audience has. That's why I'm so excited about it. Any uh, other final thoughts about Automate Motivate, Mike?
0: No, I think you covered it really well and exactly why uh, all of my people signed up right away before the hundred slots are out, <laughs> because it's awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's gonna be super cool. And look, guys, when you're planning out 2019, uh, don't be shy taking a break. Uh, I'm gonna take a about 10 days off in January, uh, just to think, just to think, and like hang out with my wife and sleep in, and and really get sure that we're sure on what we're gonna go after this year and how we're gonna do it. Not trying to predict the future, not setting unrealistic expectations for myself, but really. Just uh, getting clear-headed about the whole thing. And I know that winter is a downtime for a lot of you guys, and cash flow is weird, and you're broke or whatever. Uh, But create some space. Focus on the growth you had from 2018, not the gaps, just like Mike said. Uh, And get around like-minded people. Get around people that are ambitious and positive and going places and hang out with them. Whether it's a Facebook group or getting coffee or if you have to drive an hour to meet up with three people, do it. And start brainstorming about what next year could look like for you because you are changing the world, even if it doesn't feel like it. And the jobs that you create, you're a world-changing job-creating wrecking ball in your community, even if you don't think you are. You are. You're making a dent in the universe, and that's really, really cool. So, Mike, thank you for hopping on here with me. If you have any closing thoughts, let it rip. I have none.